welcome to the 9642 podcast. This is your host, Mr. Number 9. And this is The Fool. This is where me and The Fool give our unqualified and unrequested ramblings on the various issues in the world of sport. Or something like that. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our second podcast of 2023. Yeah. We are back talking about the Premier League. Yeah. Um, there's no other sports going on right now. Just, uh, just <laughs> football. That's all. That's all. Everything there's else no big. Of... Yeah, there's no big uh, no other football code having an important day anytime soon. That's not happening. Well, definitely not today or tomorrow or the day after that. So. Yeah. Josh. Anyways, <laughs> we have. The, we are going to today review the the league position, but more importantly, look at everybody's transfer window. But as a thing, yeah, what do you think about? There's been a lot of talk peop, about people saying about uh, being, about maybe abolishing the transfer window or how it's uh, creating weird distortions. And I'm still like, I don't think I don't quite get their argument. No, for that. Uh, I think it's there. If you're going to say make the transfer window a bit longer, two months, okay, maybe. But I still think people are going to make dumb last day moves. <laughs> Gave them like an extra month. Yeah, that, I mean, that's not good. In the window. Yeah, if your complaint is about weird things happening on the last day of the transfer window, then just having a transfer window at all at any time of the year means that that's going to happen because you're always going to have a deadline day. Otherwise, it's just called transfer anytime, and yeah, and I could sort of see an argument for not for only having one transfer window between you know, in the off season and not having a transfer window during the season, which is pretty much you know the the off season where you make your squad, you get your squad together, you set a plan for the year, and it's up to you to to make that plan work, um, and you've got the yeah. squad. That's it. That's the whole season, and you go through, and whoever made the best choices at the beginning of the year, whoever's got the best squad, that's that's the people that are going to win the the title. Um, that said, I would fall on the other side, which is shit happens, man, and things go haywire, yeah. and having a a period in the middle of the season where you can reset and rethink just makes the end of the season more exciting because things change, and you can't be. There was a predictable yeah. march of things, and then there's a reset and a change, and maybe that shakes things up, and we get an exciting end. Yeah. I I think there could be an argument to be made that maybe we need to extend the summer window. I know the season's ending later and later every year. Mm. Um, but yes, I think taking into account, we make rules saying that, for example, the Champions League final happens to be mid-June. That, you know, June, any transfers that come in in the June first window can't play in that Champions League. No, no. That would or be. Or FA Cup. Because it's usually leagues are done at that point. Yeah. And really, the uh, Cup finals at end of May. So, as long as they keep that hard deadline of 1st June is, well, 31st of May is the end of the season, no matter what, then. Yeah. And 1st June till. Yeah. First June till September, fine. I think I don't maybe even all the way to October. Okay. Mm. Extending that beginning one, okay. I don't mind it. 
And even if you're going to maybe go, okay, it's a six-week window instead of a one-week or even a two-month window in the middle. Yeah. Um, there's just so much disruption. One of the good things about it being like a small window is that there's not enough time for like uh, big clubs to basically get a player unhappy, you know, because the club will still need them and, you know. Yeah, yeah. All that sort of shenanigans. So, I it's okay the way it is. I don't see it being an issue, to be fair. I'm wondering, and this is me talking off the top of my head, like, should the transfer windows be during not, you know, break time? So you've got your summer, northern summer off season, and that's the break. That's the transfer window, and the transfer window stops at the beginning of the season, and then you have a winter Christmas break, and that's the However long that is, that's how long your transfer window is then. So you're not, there's no playing at the time that the transfer is happening. Just mm. wonder if that either solves any issues at all, whether it just creates new issues. It just gives a definition between the two states of being in the during the competition. Yeah. I mean, I've been through a few Premier League seasons where you're literally just allowed to have transfers until February, effectively. Yeah. Uh, I think that's what it closed. Like, sorry, it closed in April. So basically the last month of the season, you couldn't bring in new people. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, mm. I guess there was issues of like, you know, big clubs bringing in players, you know, to get players who were uh, from clubs that were about to be relegated and things like that. I get the argument for that. I think January is far enough away from the end of the season that it's still okay. Mm. Um, like, anyway, I don't really. It's it's this is it's asking to solve a problem that doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are finding a solution to a problem that doesn't exist. Like I think clubs are gonna do stupid things regardless. Yeah, yeah. Players are gonna get annoyed, and like it's up to clubs that are on the more middle to lower tier to be able to protect their assets, you know, yeah. their, you know, manage them. I mean, we always use Brighton and Brentford as the examples of clubs that do that. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, interestingly, obviously, Brentford was founded by a guy, uh, is currently owned by a guy who used to work for the owner of Brighton. So he, <laughs> and those two refused to talk to each other because he, the issue apparently is because Tony Boone, the owner of Tony Bloom, the owner of Brighton, actually has this algorithm apparently that he uses to predict matches and things, and he bet against the betting companies and made it big. All right. And then use that, you know, use the principle of those algorithms and sold it to other companies and you know that's what apparently he uses to run the club along with obviously real football people yeah, yeah and yeah. the owner of brentford has done the same thing apparently with the same algorithm so all right yeah, yeah. which you got when he worked there yeah, all so. right, yeah. well i guess at the very least you could say that algorithm works so if it yeah if that is really the yeah. thing if that is I think true, a yeah. lot of people think algorithms this magic spell <laughs> no no yeah and I'm an engineer sitting like, that's not how they work. No, it's not how they work. But at the same time, you can make an argument that is sort of how they work. In that they are, a, you know, they're the the spell. So they're the spell components, or the spell instructions. Yeah. But you've still got to have the spell components. You've still got to have, you know, the required... Especially the ritual. Yeah, you've got to get 
and you know level and all the rest to understand that but it is the the instruction set you know if you follow the instruction set if yeah. you can interpret what that instruction set's actually doing then yeah but it'd be the interpretation bit that's that's the interesting bit really because yeah, yeah sure there's an algorithm and you can plug the data in and it will give you some outputs but those outputs aren't going to be a nice simple tick or cross next to a player or a, or a game or anything it's yeah. going to have a whole lot of data points that you've got to then interpret into right. and yeah. the outcome you want you know you think is most likely and also like this is the thing i think the most important way to be good at using algorithms is when you ignore the algorithm and yeah. go with conventional wisdom or intuition like and this is not me going ah oh, human intuition's always better i'm like no no there are times when the algorithm specifically gives you a what seems like it could be right but you you know from experience the reason why it's giving it like you can tell why the data yeah. is skewed and yeah. like it's not you going i know better it's you going okay collects the data in a particular way this is skewing the result i wouldn't expect you know there, there's a so collection. you need to know the stat stuff yeah yeah it's a data collection bias right you've got to understand yeah. what data it's collecting and what how it's using that data yeah what yeah. what um you know, analysis is it running? What calculations are running in the background? Because you say that's going to skew results and provide a bias one way or the other. So you've got to be able to identify that and know ah, uh, this is an outlier, or this is a yeah, this is just an artifact of the of the algorithm, and it's it's not truth. And I can yeah. discount this bit, or I need to apply a, a different thought process or different analysis yep. process to this bit because uh this had some weird or at least it. i need to check some other information before i follow the algorithm like to yeah, see yeah. you know check some microdata and go like is there enough sample set you know do we have enough large enough sample yeah. size for that's one but i mean that's part of the interpretation right the algorithm gives yeah. you some data it's it's up to you to interpret that correctly and so that's that's yeah. the experience that's the knowledge of how it's working that's the you know the intelligence to to look at what the algorithm's actually providing you and go is that actually relevant to the thing i actually want to know or has it yeah. actually just gone and calculated something different it just happened to be the data sort of aligned but it's doing a different thing because it thinks it should yeah it's not that tony boone sits there going let's enter into chat gpt how do i run a football club Ooh, I wonder what ChatGPT would say. Yeah. <laughs> it would just say, "Do what Brighton did." Yes. Because <laughs> that's the conventional <laughs> wisdom. Yeah. Go work He's for Brighton. Like, no, but we are Brighton. <laughs> uh, or you're yeah, going into Delhi and asking for can running a football club at this uh, price point? How do we do this? Yeah. yeah, it's not how it works. No. So, we, the it's Brighton do do things properly, but I think it's also because the people involved know what the the tools they're using very well. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. That that will be the case. And same at Brentford. Yes. Well, yeah, if it's the same tool, then yeah, yes, no, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> well, but it's different people, right? So 
yeah. it's important that also potentially not even still the same tool because you know algorithms yeah. constantly get modified. Oh, exactly. A, a company that uses an algorithm should always be constantly mo modifying it. Yeah, so they may have been the same algorithm at one point, but being two different clubs and them not um, collaborating on it will mean it's now different because they would have yeah. tweaked it in different ways or, you know, and it's for that same reason of knowing, oh, hey, when I put this data in, it calculates this way and it gives me this output. And I know mm -hmm. that output's wrong because it's doing this thing, so I'm going to modify it to account for this problem. And each of them might have run into a different problem and accounted or just... Yeah accounted for it in a different way and so therefore it's, it's different now yeah and i think also a lot of the we have to understand that there's a lot of like actual professional smarts at both brighton and brentford like oh yeah the ownership group the people who are brighton and brentford one of the few clubs owned by rich people who are directly involved in running the day-to-day -day stuff yeah, yeah like they like very hands-on and they like are very good at like because they're both made by self-made men who've come up you know made their money yeah, yeah. from you know from more humble backgrounds they actually know how to deal with people that's yeah. why they're very good at dealing with footballers who like go oh, i want to leave they're like oh leave next season we'll get you a better deal make your agent you know yeah, yeah. like or brighton's approach is like oh you want to leave okay go find an offer find a club that wants you go yeah. get go um, this is our valuation for you. Find a club that wants to pay this much for you, and you can go. That, well, that's what Manchester City do as well. They're like, oh, okay, we value at this, so you know, find a club, get your agent to find you someone who can who'll pay this, and you can go. Yeah, yeah, We're no not stop. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, they're like no problems. Yeah, you, this is how much we okay. value, so they're gonna pay that much. Sure, Both no good and bad thing uh, for yeah. clubs, but yeah. It's generally, obviously, Brighton and Brentford can't be that callous about it, but they're like, oh, look, we'll figure out a way. And, like, you know, they make it worthwhile for the player. Like, they see that as a business arrangement for the two parties. Yeah, they're more in collaboration. It's a partnership, yeah. almost. Yeah. Where they're, they're looking after their players, which does well, because then you get the players are, like, caring about the club and, and the success as well. They're like, no, we're going to try. And clearly, especially this season, both of those teams like, are benefiting from that sort of player engagement and and buy-in yeah. i mean let's be very clear here players are content creators they're yeah. creating content which we consume yes like football clubs don't create content without players and they need and players effectively are independent contractors that club you know that these you know football clubs need to create the content like it's the yeah, yeah yeah so it's like you know like we don't watch. We don't like to watch producers uh, do stuff. For uh, we want to watch the actors do stuff. Yeah, like, that's exactly. That's what we pay to go to the, uh, for the movie tickets. Yeah, you don't um, sit there to listen to directors tell you about their vision. Yeah. You're there to see the actors bring forth. I mean, unless you're wanting to be a director, but you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> directors' commentary on DVDs can be quite fun to listen to. <laughs> it's normally like you know. For those who really like that particular movie and really into it and watched it like a billion times yeah, or you yeah. know it's fight club <laughs> yeah the director's like yeah chuck palenik says he doesn't know so i don't know <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> anyways we should before we go down this rabbit hole because you and i have talked a lot about how people don't treat football like content and they should yeah. from a yeah. 
from figuring out where it fits in the economic uh, economic economy and like the economic uh, ecosystem. Yeah. Um, now we're gonna review the transfer window. So without further ado, we're gonna give everybody a grade. We're gonna go in alphabetical order and say whether we liked it. Uh, we're not gonna go through every single one of like a bunch of big clubs. We're gonna have like 20 loan transfers. We're not gonna go into all of those and stuff like that. <laughs> one you know? in particular has like a billion of them. Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll go into the incoming players we think that are gonna immediately make a impact on the season. Yeah. And like outgoings that are like big outgoings to big clubs. Yeah. Without further ado, we will begin with Arsenal, current league leaders, and your pick to win the league. Yeah. Um, they had a few injuries. They needed to get a few recruits, and they have gotten a few recruits. Um, they didn't get a forward uh, with Gabi Jesus, but I think Enketia's form has been good, so I think they're wanting to give him more opportunities. Yeah, yeah. And they bought in. And yeah, Jakob Kivior from Spezia. Um, how do you feel about the Jorginho trade? The Jorginho trade? Um, I sort of feel that it's a sign of Chelsea giving up almost. Like, well, at least giving up on Champions League football. Because Jorginho only really had till the end of the season on contract so yeah. it sort of feels like it's saying well we're probably not going to champ make champions league so we better get some money for Jorginho before he goes somewhere else where he's going to play champions league. yeah so yeah it sort of yeah it feels that way about it i uh, to be fair yeah chelsea's not making the champions league. oh no we're not making the champions league <laughs> like that's not an unfair assessment of their current position um, but that being said, um, they will get into Chelsea's window. I think it's a very astute buy from Arsenal, right? Like, I think it's a very shrewd business. Yeah. I mean, it's because obviously, probably shrewd both sides, uh, we say. We'll get into it we get Chelsea, but seems, I think, say. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a business deal that is good, beneficial for both clubs, both parties, but also, like, Arsenal, they got a player who's uh, a um, got Premier League experience for that yeah. much money, like, like it's cheaper than Chelsea's loan uh, for um, uh, you are uh, uh, Chow uh, Felix, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we, uh, they're doing well, and they got Leandro Trossard as well to cover uh, yeah. from Brighton, who was a club, who was a player who they kind of probably did need, um, yeah, uh, to cover the uh, another forward um, in there. So they've got two uh, Premier League players. I don't think you can play much. A bunch of loan outgoings. Um, not too many. Other Marquinhos and Lakonga going out on loan. Marquinhos Norway, yeah. a good move for him, and Lakonga to Crystal Palace. So that. Potentially a good move for Crystal Palace, I think. Yeah, probably a good move for both clubs, really. Rating. Uh, great. Letter grade for Arsenal. Letter grade. That means be good. Maybe plus. B plus. Right to me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So moving on from Arsenal, we go to the team that's second place. I know I said we were going to do this in alphabetical order, but <laughs> I skipped AFC Bournemouth. So what are you going to do? <laughs> um, so Manchester City uh, are 
currently second place. Yeah. Looking at their incomings, they did get a few players in, but they've had some notable players leave. Uh, but they've had Maximo Perone come in from Vélez Sarfield in Argentina. I assume he's basically a player who will well, probably start right away. He's going to probably take a few, uh, maybe go out yeah, on yeah. loan and do all that good stuff that they do. Um, and they have a bunch of their, uh, uh, their uh, players from their youth team have gone out on loan and they have um, uh, sent out uh, Chao Gonzalo on loan as well. Yeah, that is a big loss. Not that he was playing very well, but once again, it's a basically. I don't know. Maybe it's a good move because Guardiola just basically tells players, "I don't give a shit what you've done and what you think I may or may not owe you. Um, if you've got the wrong attitude, you can, you know, that's the way to the door." There's a door up there. Yeah. yeah, and right. that's, I was pretty sure I was remembering right, but I'm pretty sure, yeah, Cancelo, there was a bit of a bust-up between him um, yeah, and the coaching staff, so yeah, it seems like that was a, well, if you're not going to, not going to fit in, then yeah, you say, hey, how about over here, how about you go play somewhere else for a while? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so... The uh, the team is going to uh, be on notice. He's had some words to say to them as well, like, oh, we're not going to win anyway, and I'm unhappy about their attitude, and like a bunch of stuff that I think, rightfully, I'm like not personally telling anybody off, but giving them all a good blocking. Um, yeah, I like it, uh, but I can't give much for Manchester City's... Uh, Trade no. deadline. B. B plus yeah. if they got rid of a player who was being a nuisance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's part of it, right? Sure, it's poor getting rid of such a good player, but he was being problematic. So, yeah, let's go with D plus. D plus. Move. Moving on to the next club, we have Manchester United. Yeah. Who have gotten a bunch of loan deals in and out. So we know that the club does not have, because they're possibly getting sold, they couldn't splurge out on a big move. Um, but they went and got Walt Weghorst uh, from Burnley on loan. Um, yes. And with Christian Eriksen, they got Marcel Sabitzer from Munich on loan. And they also got Jack Butlin from Crystal Palace on loan. So they've also oh, yeah. got a backup, good backup keeper um, in there yeah, as well. Yeah. So not bad. I think we know their situation. Um, a bunch of players have gone out on loan. I think these a lot of these players, you could say maybe their career at United is now sort of like ended. They're going to move on to uh, move on. Um, except maybe like Shola Shorter has gone to... Uh, gone to uh, Bolton Wanderers. He's 19. Maybe he'll come back. Yeah. Charlie Savage has gone to Forest Green Rovers. Once again, he's 19, but he's gone to like the League Two clubs. So that's never yeah. a good 
sign, Axel Twanzebe, he's been in the club for ages, he's basically 25 years old now, he's not a young gun, he's gone out on loan to Stoke, so I think he can, probably Stoke are going to look to buy him in the new window. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there's a bunch of Charlie McNeil and uh, Deshaun Bernard going to Porto, Portsmouth as well, so a bunch of players who probably, as I said, they're not going to really feature at United, they're just probably been sent out on loan to find their you know, footballing yeah. pathway. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, Manchester United, yeah, they do need more people. It's a shallow squad, but they got enough people, I think. And Ten Hag is still trying to train up the squad he has, so I think yeah, yeah. maybe they needed to get a few outgoings because uh, there is a bloated uh, wage pool bill. But yeah, okay, I'll say B minus. For yeah. Manchester United. I'm happy with the B minus. I think yeah, their incomings were reasonably good. Say outcomings goings maybe could have yeah. been a few more, think... but it is a January transfer window as well, so yeah. you don't get a. Sometimes you get a lot, um, and sometimes it's just and it's you say it's setting these ones up. Essentially, you know, at least half of them to be brought by those clubs in the come the summer. So yeah, the Northern Hemisphere summer. So. Not bad. Happy with a B minus. The summer when they get when they can um, get uh, when they can actually get more players. Yeah. Now, next up we go to the Toon Army, uh, Newcastle United. So the players coming in include. Um, Anthony Gordon. Um, the, early on in the season, they got Garang Khoi, but he's also immediately been loaned out to uh, Motherwell. So he's not obviously not somebody for the club immediately. Um, they got Harrison Ashby uh, uh, to shore up their defense a little bit um, because I said their squad is not super deep. They're from West Ham United, so somebody who has some Premier League experience. Anthony Gordon, incredible move, I think. Even though he hadn't been playing too well at Everton, he's a player who could have a renaissance at, yeah, yeah. under Eddie Howe. Um, also gotten rid of a few players. On uh, uh, John Joe Shelby's gone to Nottingham Forest. Chris Wood's gone to Nottingham Forest. And yeah. we will get to Nottingham Forest. Don't you worry there. <laughs> and a bunch of other players have gone out on loan. So I think Newcastle have done some tidy bit of business. This is a very, very, I think competent um, uh, January window given their position yeah. and their needs I think A- minus Newcastle United yeah happy A- minus I was thinking B plus but A- minus B plus not Newcastle aren't trying to win the league like Newcastle are trying to finish top four yeah yeah so exactly so fair call I'll, I'll A- minus is, is acceptable then Next up, we go to the white part of North London, Tottenham Hotspur. They are still in fifth place. Mm. Players they managed to get in are Jude Sunsup uh, Bell from Chelsea. Um, I don't know much about him. Uh, Pedro Porro on loan from Sporting. And Arnaut Dejuma from Villarreal also on loan. And that was a scoop because they got, he was supposed to go to Everton and they kind of snuck him in just, yeah. um, 
And I think uh, Sun Tzu Bell is a forward, so I'm not sure why Chelsea think they have so many of those guys that they can just <laughs> pass on. Oh, actually, no, they have heaps of them. That's right. That's yeah, yeah. why they we sent him on. We've got all the, the front runners. They just don't have out and yeah, out. Yeah, and they did some nine. crazy things because they were supposed to send Matt Doherty out on loan, and then they realized that they were breaking the loan rules, so he had to go on a free. Like, that's pretty crazy. Uh, that that's is pretty embarrassing. Yeah. So, yeah, a bit of Spurs doing Spursy things. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> they still got in a bunch of players, so. Uh, I can't say it's too bad. I think maybe B, just a straight B. Yeah, I'm happy with a B. There's nothing too too horrible in there. You say, yeah. Matt Doherty thing, but, yeah. So I think it, it takes away from, from anything. Yeah. So, I've had a lot of moves in this window. Brighton and Hove Albion. So yeah. they got in um, Yastin Ayari from uh, AIK in Sweden. They got... Uh, I.K. Gottenberg, they got Mark Mahoney from Cork, and uh, Facundo Bornute from Rosario. I imagine all these players are basically players who are going to get slowly integrated into the squad. They're all quite young. Yeah. They're basically people for the future. We're not going to be surprised if we see them uh, here now. Um, mm. They have Saul Shane Duffy to Fulham for a tidy yeah. bit of business. They've... Um, Loaned out a bunch of other players. Um, James Furlong, who, interestingly, going also to Motherwell. They sold Leandro Trossard to Arsenal. Yeah. And more importantly, they managed to hold on to Casado and a bunch of their other players who everybody was greedily trying to get and keep yeah. them in line. So I think that counts. Managing to basically bat away all this interest. McAllister, a bunch of their players. They have a very talented squad that they're keeping yeah, together. Yeah. Um, there might be a bunch of people leaving in the summer, but, you know, Brighton, I expect, have already figured out how to sort that out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As we mentioned, they're a very well-run club. So, Brighton, I got to give them an A, just because they managed to keep players in that were, you know, that other clubs had, you know, we thought they'd already been sold. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to give them an A. It's a, it's a pretty good, tidy um window for them to say they... They got good money for the ones that did go. They kept the ones they need to keep. You know, say maybe over the northern hemisphere summer, some more go. But that gives them plenty of time to yeah. to plan for that. They know which ones people want. They can sort that out and get the cover in as needed during that time. So yeah, I I'm happy with an A. Yeah, yeah. So next up we have Brentford. Um, interestingly enough, they've got Romeo Beckham, the second son of uh, Beckham and Posh. All right, Beckham, yeah. um, to come in from Inter Miami, and they've got Kevin Schad, a midfielder uh, from Germany, just coming in from uh, SC Freiburg, both on loan. Um, interesting, just a few bodies to bring in there. Um, they, we don't know if Ivan, when Ivan Tony will be able to play because the the issues with him betting on games. Ah, uh, oh, they've yeah. had a bunch of players, bunch of players being popped out, but I think nobody that was vital to their squad. 
Um, yeah, I don't think they needed too many incomings. They kind of done okay. I think it's a bit of a meh transfer window. Nothing wrong, and they they didn't have too many people going after a bunch of their players yet. Probably because of Ivan Tony's situation, because I'm pretty sure a bunch of teams would have been willing to spend big on him. Yeah, yeah. Um, like the likes of Arsenal, if he was available and he didn't have issues, there might have been going right in for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, it's hard for me to judge, but I think B minus is fair for Brentford. Yeah. B for the bees. B for the bees. I mean, B for the bees sort of works. I was thinking. C's C plus, um, as you say, it was it was pretty standard. Nothing to write home about, but nothing wrong. Yeah. But they are the yeah. bees, so B minus. Bees for bees. Like Brentford did a bunch of their recruiting in the uh, summer window, so they didn't need yeah. to buy. Exactly. So. Their their squad's going pretty good. So. Next up, uh, another London, uh, cl club from uh, Southern uh, South London, South West London. Now we've they got in Shane Duffy, like we mentioned. They got Sasa Lukic in from Torino, and Cedric Suarez on loan from Arsenal. Ooh. Um, bunch of good reinforcements here. Um, not too many important people going out. I think. Um, mm. so I think Fulham. They're almost guaranteed to stay up now. I think they've crossed over the... Uh, they're on 32 points, so they should reach that magical 40-point mark. They where should do, yeah. they're, where they're unlikely to get relegated. So, I think, good business. I think it's the same as the Bees, right? But they got in Shane Duffy, who's a experienced player. Uh, so, I think give them a bit more. Just a standard B for me. B. Yeah, I'm happy with a B for them. That was a decent, yeah. decent window. So yeah, yeah, let's go for B. Next up, we have Chelsea Football Club. Uh, the how long do we have uh, for this one? <laughs> all right, this might be a podcast on its own, but <laughs> let's get in there. So, incomings we have Enzo Fernandez, Malo Gusto, Noni Mendueke. Uh, Mikalo Mudrik, Chao Felix, Alandre Santos, Benoit Bedeschili, and David Fafana, yeah. Fafana uh, from Molde. So a bunch of players and outgoings. We have Jorginho Sinsubel, as we mentioned before. Yeah. Cesare Casade is going out to Reading, and Malo Gusto is immediately being sent back to loan to yeah, Lyon. Yeah. So he was bought, loaned in and loaned out right away, back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, bought in and bought in loaned back out, yeah. out right away. So he's yeah. probably not someone for the... Uh, uh, he's not here for immediate impact. Um, no. Yeah. They've spent a bunch of players. They've done an interesting thing. I've listened to a lot of podcasts about how they're getting super long contracts. Yeah. Seven or so years. So they can... It's an interesting thing. So while those players might still be getting paid a decent wage, their their transfer value can be depreciated slower over time. Yeah, yeah. No, I'd, yeah, listen to similar so podcasts. If you buy a player for a hundred million, you say that you bought in a hundred million dollars worth of assets. Um, but if it's a seven-year contract, the depreciation is over seven years versus like four years if it's a four-year contract. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. For FFP purposes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, so, yeah. 
how they're getting around some of that. Or not getting around, but yeah. Yeah, so that's Making exactly it. what they're doing. Um, it's okay, look, it's crazy. It's nuts. I don't. I can't make heads or tails of it. But I, yeah, A plus for me. I can't give it. I can't go any lower than that. Like they've brought in a bunch of players. Uh, I don't think Graham Potter is unaware of the players that have been brought in. Like he has a very good working relationship with your current uh, general man. Yeah, the yeah. current director. The club director of football, yeah, and yeah, yeah. they've probably made a plan. And yeah, I think I, with Fernandez also coming in, it's like yeah, that's a home run. That that is a home run. I mean, it's that's it's gonna feeling... be this season. They're not making Champions League, but yeah, yeah, but, we're sorting oh, stuff out. Um, I was just gonna say it, it's. I have read and listened to several different opinions on this Chelsea transfers. Um, some of them more tangential to the actual transfers themselves which is more just how the club's been run and how it may be more of an American style um, franchise now and that mm. it's 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 feeling a bit like the you know there's throwing money around getting nice long tra contracts to get around rules but just getting people in to try and find something that works and not being too worried about if it doesn't work out because it's, you know, the American concept is you get people in, if it, you know, things aren't working, you get the, you have the drafts, so you have higher level nets, you more than get good players, so you just, you rebuild, rebuild, and you have your good years. And you, you build your team through that, and you don't worry that you had bad years until you had your good years, and yeah, it's the good years then it might ebb away for a bit and you rebuild that back up. Um, and sort of looking at it through that lens sort of makes a lot more sense as well. You're like, yeah, there's a lot of trying to find the right players, but not... What, where do you no. expect Chelsea to finish? I I think we'll finish in European spots. Where do you expect Chelsea to finish this season? Because they're out of the Cups, right? We're out of right. the Cups. If they win the Champions League, this is a different... If, yeah. if you win the Champions League, this is a different argu you know, question. But yeah. let's, for argument's sake, say you're not going to win the Champions League. Um, uh, my thought would be... that extends will, a lot of... It will finish European spot. Hopefully, um, Europa, not conference. Um, okay. But that's not guaranteed they need to get a few yeah, wins in there. with the league cup at least one of both sorry yeah sorry um yeah i i'm inclined to agree i think your the european spot is not out of the question it's just there's a lot of big clubs and i think liverpool have a lot to say about what's going to happen yeah coming in as well no, no, there is a definitely going to be tight getting into to Europe, any European thing, um, competition. Yeah. You say it was Liverpool's in the mix as well. Aston Villa's not out of those conversations either. Um, so, yeah. I mean, yep. I think Tottenham... Chelsea just finished... Tottenham still fifth. Uh, if, still fifth. If Chelsea so, were to yeah. finish seventh, 
Yeah. If Chelsea finish seventh and West Ham win the Conference League, they don't get a Europa spot. Oh no, so they would get a Conference League spot. Never yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah, one of the Europe. I think we. Can but get if they finish sixth, for example, and West Ham get the win the Conference League, then you know they would miss out on Europa. They'd move into the Conference League. Even at sixth. Yeah, I think. How does that work? So, I think the max number of clubs you can have is eight in Europe. Altogether, right, yeah. so yeah, yeah. if because so West Ham are not finishing a European position, right? All the oh, no, others no. technically could finish. Yeah. So West Ham fin win the Conference League if they were to, then whoever finishes seventh misses out one way or another. I think. Um, no, whoever. Oh no! Eight. If yeah. No, no. If because seventh is the last Euro spot, but they would basically we'd yeah. have to the England would have two clubs at the Conference League, and that would be okay because that's that's a, that's eight altogether. Yeah. Um, you'd just be pushed down into. Sorry, no. There'd be. I guess there would be four clubs. Uh, two, two cl uh, there would be three clubs in the Europa League instead of two from England. Look, that would be okay. Yeah. Uh, normally there'd be three. Yeah, It'll I just be. Could... Yeah. No, normally there's two now because of the Conference League. Because no, England still eight. four Champions League. Four Champions. I thought it was still four three one. Because eighth gets um, Conference League. Uh, Europa. You still get four, then you get the two cup winners plus one, and then one in the conference. And this cup winners normally are already in somewhere useful, so. Six and yeah, six the cup winners automatically get into the Europa League. Yeah. Um, but fifth place is guaranteed a Europa League spot yeah. if they're there. No, no, yeah, six, seven, uh, six, seven, eight. If the cup winners are outside, then yeah, then. Then you start. Um, so there's seven. Yeah, so England has seven spots. So Champions League, because they're at the top of the UEFA coefficient. So yeah. no country has more than seven. You can get eight if you win a. Uh, you win the. Uh, you know the Champions League. That oh, yeah, season. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, and you and you have a club that finishes outside the. Or, you know, you win a cup competition and they finish outside the European spot from the looks of it. It is, it does say TBA, so the numbers are yet to be decided for the 24 25 season. And so I assume that's because they're introducing the Swiss model next season, aren't they? Uh, that it, yeah, they are next season, I think. So, that so that's a different argument altogether. So we'll figure out what happens because, one way or another, if, if, Chelsea finished seventh. They they should qualify for Europe, but that might not be enough. The sixth will probably guarantee it. Yeah, I would have thought. Yeah, but seventh like should. Europa, as opposed, I think ideally Chelsea want to be in the Europa League versus the Conference League. It's yeah, which means six at least. Yeah. To 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 get yeah. there. I think fifth will be guaranteed. Uh, are you guys in the FA Cup still? No, we're no. We lost to City. Um, right, right. So, no, we're out of all the cups. Um, yep. I, I doubt we're going to chase down fifth. Other than Champions League. So, Champions League is our, our ticket um, for next season. Yeah. 
But we'll if see you how win the goes. Champions League, then yeah, see you yeah. later. You've got five teams. Yeah, you know, England will have five teams because you're not finishing the Champions League spot, and no, no. You know, you're getting. I don't the... think we're finishing top five at this point. I think top five yeah. uh, battling for um, yeah. Champions League. So yeah. But this, even if you did worst case scenario, not get into Europe, uh, you're not in danger of getting relegated. So I think. This is a good rebuild side. Like this could bring you guys back into oh, yeah. fourth place spots, you know, top four spot. Yeah, the and I mean, that and that goes back to us saying that's what what Baldy's doing is he's he's doing a rebuild, yeah, and not worried about results. Um, yeah, and just quote unquote, quote unquote, and just you know getting getting the side ready for next year because that's the American model, right? He's got to the point where well, they're not going to, not going to the Super Bowl, so. Time to just to shore up the things, work out what we're missing, and and get the people in. Yep. So. But yeah, at least Chelsea have bodies. Uh, like I said, I think A plus is what I give Chelsea for the transfer window. Yeah, well, I was thinking A, but they say Fernandez coming in, and that is ridiculously good. So we'll go A plus as well. Right now, moving on, we go to the Merseyside, Liverpool. Um, yeah, so they started with a bang by getting Cody Gakpo, apparently under the nose of Manchester United. A um, bunch of people yeah. going out on loan and people we weren't really going to make much of a part. Um, but yeah, nothing else. Um, they, I don't know that they needed a forward right away, this window. They badly needed midfield recruitments, and yeah, yeah <laughs> they didn't get any. Um, no. The team don't look like they're going to do well without said uh, recruitments, so yeah, no, I think this might be the hole, first so. uh, D minus. Yeah, no, this is like. Gakpo is a good buy. They spent but... a lot of money getting a player who they don't need right now. Yeah, exactly. And that's their only, and only the, transfer. Yes, and they need the European football. Like Champions League football is maybe out of the question for Liverpool now. Oh, 100% is, yeah. Especially given the window they've had. But yeah. they, they need to have some sort of European football. They can't just... Uh, rely uh, they if they're not in Europe next season, that's going to be a huge blow. And it, you know, incoming owners, that's going to impact that sort of thing as well. Yeah. So no. that's why it's a D minus. Like most clubs, sure, if they didn't need to, most clubs in the Premier League are happy to stay in the Premier League. You know, uh, if it was a transfer window that would get a middling club relegated, I would of course give them an F. But if they're like, yeah. They maintain their Premier League status. It's fine. Yeah. You know, that's why you, know, you don't fail clubs for that. For a January transfer window. No, no. At least in my logic. No, no, it makes sense. They say, this is this is Liverpool as well, so... Yeah. There, there is different expectations. Um, that should be coming along. And the same with Chelsea, and that's the same arguments yes. were being made in some of these podcasts. Um, that the American owners don't don't understand the expectations that yeah. fans actually have for these clubs. Exactly, I agree. 
Um, now, moving on from the Mighty Reds, we go to the villains, Aston Villa, your favourites. <laughs> My favourites, sure. <laughs> so they got in John Duran from Chicago Fire, and they got in Alex Marino from uh, Real Betis, and they um, and a bunch of players going out who I don't think on loan or not really going to be doing much. But the most important thing, they have Lep uh, they have Lepotegi managing them. That's who they got. Oh yeah. And that time. So it's incredible. I mean, I know it's not a player window, but I think they have they d they had a good squad. I think Villa didn't need that many replacements. Just Steve Gerrard wasn't doing a good job. Yeah. At Villa. Um, and the, yes, it's a it's a diss on Steven Gerrard, but he probably got the uh, Brighton job. Sorry, the Aston Villa job a bit too early. In his career, he uh, still possibly needed a bit more time at a at Rangers, or maybe had another club in between. Yeah, yeah. Um, he wasn't ready yet for club doing the job at a club like Villa. So uh, they've moved on, and they've moved on to a really good manager. Um, this is the thing: like the Premier League is already the Super League, right? Every <laughs> you and I've talked about it with the managers here. He's we're talking about a, uh, a manager who's an absolute like top tier, like you know somebody who used to manage Real Madrid is mani and managed them reasonably well, and managed managed Spain, and he's now managing Aston Villa. He's won the Europa League, and you know. Yeah, yeah, no, he's good. This guy is a yeah. Like he would be uh, managing a top club in La Liga, and he's managing a mid-tier club in the Premier League. Yeah, exactly. And, it's... you know, this is what's happening. Um, he's... Uh, so, Aston Villa, I think, overall, I can't fault it. B-minus for me. B-minus, definitely. I'm, I'm happy with that. Moving on. The, the we go to Crystal Palace. The and yeah. so their club has uh, gotten in a bunch of last day. Nairu Ahmad Mada and Lakonga on loan from Arsenal on the last day. Um, a bunch of their players have gone out on loan. Or, yeah. So yeah, I it's a window. I think. Uh, Crystal Palace probably really needed to get someone like Conor Gallagher in um, yeah. from Chelsea. Yeah. Because he's kind of in no man's land in Chelsea at the moment. Yeah. Uh, we don't know how he fits into uh, the system that uh, Graham Potter is going to use. But it's. Crystal Palace are not out of the woods. I don't think they've. I don't think they're going to be relegated as yet, but you know, they can't. They're only nine points behind Southampton at the bottom of the table, and I feel like Southampton are going to surge up. It is because possible. they've been getting uh, their manager has been doing interesting thing, and their players have been playing really well. So yeah. Crystal Palace can't be complacent. Um, no. So this window, I'll have to give them a C minus. Uh, 
Yeah. It's definitely not the best. No, I, I agree. It's not the best. It's not the worst, but it's not the best. No. C minus. It'll probably C. see them survive the league. And yeah. yeah. Exactly. I, I feel like they probably have enough of a gap to be safe-ish, them in Nottingham Forest. Like, they... Yeah. As you're right, it, it won't take a lot to turn around, and Crystal Palace has not been in the best of form. So, yeah. not like Nottingham Forest, who turned things around. But, um, so... Mm. Yeah, they, you're right. They, this perhaps isn't the best transfer window for them, given that they haven't. Nothing in here sort of suggests that they are going to. That it's things that are going to turn things around. Um, as you say, needed a, a Conor Gallagher type player. Um, whether they could have convinced Chelsea to give him back on loan, but you know, if they Chelsea were going to loan him back out again, they would have done it at the beginning of the season. So I can sort of see why that didn't yeah. happen. Um, I mean, I thought maybe because Thomas Tuchel wanted him, but now that Potter's there, yeah, he might have been more amenable to that because you know you've got yeah squad harmony and all those things. Yeah, Gallagher is playing under Potter though, so just yeah, you say it's not really found his rhythm there, but he could have gone back to the Palace and that would have been a big big boost for them. Um, But yeah, say. I'm happy with a C, or a C minus for Crystal Palace. Yeah, I agree. Um, next up, we go to Nottingham Forest, the uh, two-time uh, European champions, and yeah. they've had another eventful window. Yeah. And no, uh, we go, we got, they got Andre Ayew on a free because he was in no team. He got in on February the second. Um, Felipe oh, yeah. from Atletico Madrid stole him from potentially a move to Real Madrid. Ooh. John Joe Shelby from Newcastle. Um, mm. Kaylor Navas from PSG. Oh, that's a big one. Yeah. Um, Chris Wood from Newcastle on loan. Danilio oh, yeah. from Palmeiras. And Gustavo Scarpa also from Palmeiras on a free. Yeah. I think incredible window. Um, so many yeah. good players. I think they have shored up a bunch of. Kaylor Nevas is an incredible player. <laughs> it is yeah, one of my favorite players in the world. Um, they're not in the relegation zone at the moment, as I predicted. They have moved up and out. <laughs> yes. Of there, uh, they're nine. They are six points ahead of. Uh, Everton, who are on eight, yeah. 18 points, but they ha- Everton have a game in hand. Uh, yeah. Sorry, no, Everton are on the same number. Leeds have a game, in, a game hand, in hand. They're also on yeah. 18. Yeah. yeah. But no. either way, I think it's an incredible window for them. Um, mm. well, they've been in... playing so well. Yeah, they're playing well, and every one of those those transfers feels like it's going to, to make a benefit to them and make them stronger. And so... Yeah, they can, you can only give them. Hey, this is one that I definitely feel is an A or an A plus, like A plus, hundred yeah. percent out 100%. of the way. This is like, yeah. this will keep them in the Premier League, or at least they've yeah. done the moves to give the manager the best opportunity to play in the Premier League. I like I've always rated um, uh, Steve Cooper. I think he's mm. going to keep them up. I think they're going to keep up. Yeah, it's uh, they're playing pretty good right now and they've made you know done well to get a bit of daylight between them and relegation 
these yeah. are all really good ones that, like and just looking at the dates like that final day of theirs never Shelby Felipe yeah, yeah. I a couple of days later like it's all all good stuff I agree um very good window Moving on from them, we go to the Foxes, Leicester City, another club you and I predicted to move out of the relegation scrap because they were well in it when we last spoke. Yes. Um, they have got in a bunch of players. Uh, Nathan Apoku uh, from Fieldmaster Sporting Club. Uh, apologies, I don't know where that is. Um, Harry Suter from Stoke. Uh, Matthias Tete from Chapter Donetsk on loan and Victor Christiansen from uh, FC Copenhagen. A bunch of players have gone out on loan. I think Le- Leicester didn't have an issue too much with their squad. And they, you know, a January window, they they don't have the sort of money to buy like Chelsea do, and apparently Nottingham Forest do. Um, but they've sorted out a bunch of their financial fair play issues, like their chairman has converted their $194 million of debt into equity. So that's okay. a good thing for them. Yeah. Um, they will probably um, stay up, um, I think, and maybe next season they'll be able to back Brendan Rodgers to push up for a European spot, maybe? And yeah. uh, up again, we'll see. Uh, what happens uh, to Leicester? There's a bunch of clubs going on sale. Don't be surprised. I think if in this window we didn't have both Manchester United and Liverpool being put on sale, mm. um, and there's rumours that Tottenham Hotspur are as well, then I think Leicester might have decided to cash in. But obviously you're not going to get the best value when you've got those three, also, those three potentially going out yeah, yeah, exactly. And next up, we have Wolverhampton Wanderers. The and they, as I predicted, have gone out of the relegation zone, well. and a bunch yeah. of players have come in because, you know, <laughs> I expected uh, Raiola to come get a bunch of players in to the club. Yes. Um, Joao Gomez from Flamenco, Daniel Bentley from Bristol City, Craig Dawson from West Ham, Paulo Sarabia from PSG, Pablo Sarabia, sorry, from PSG, come on, uh, Mario Lamina from Nice, and Mateus Cunha from Atletico Madrid. Yeah. Wolves are going to stay up. A bunch of these players are going to be key players. they got a bunch of players come back from injury. It's not too many players. It's, I think, just about um enough players yeah yeah for wolves to do the business i i think they're gonna i think that's a great result for them uh great no, window a for me a definitely an a no it's very good by wolves you say it's all stuff that's going to definitely keep them keep it's definitely yeah. going to keep them up and and give them good good strengths um, and yeah, i apologize i made a mistake the manager of wolves is julian lepetegui not Aston Villa, so he's not even at a club that's won a cha- you know, at least Aston Villa have won a Champions League before yeah, uh, the Aston Villa have Unai Emery, who's also an incredibly good manager, so yeah. my apologies for that, but yeah they've got two, good- both clubs have upgraded the manager and like, I think both are going to do really well um, Wolves, once again, I think A 
great window. Hey, definitely, and they showed it um, the last match against you know smashing Liverpool. So I think yeah, a easy a. Yeah. Okay, so now we're entering the clubs, I think, that are in the potential to be relegated. So I'm thinking about their transfers in that light. Yeah. Uh, have they done enough to stay up? Um, Wolves, I think Leicester and Forest have done that. Palace is where I was yeah. iffy. And Villa have probably don't need to worry about it, I think. Yeah, Villa um, should, but, be, yeah. should have been fine. Palace, Nottingham Forest, their windows perhaps have dragged them back into it. See, but that's because yeah. Leicester and Wolverhampton had such good, good windows that, you know, their that difference in points is going to disappear between them yeah. and Crystal Palace and Nottingham Forest. So it'll just be, um, how the, the difference back down to the actual relegation three, is managed. Yeah, I agree. Now West Ham, though, I think are in pole position to not be relegated of this group. They're obviously mm. still able to be, but I think David Moyes is a very, very experienced manager at this sort of level, and you're know, getting yeah. clubs not relegated. Um, he, they've got in Danny Ings, very good buy, I yeah. think. It could be very crucial, uh, and they got Luis Al from Sao Paulo, who's a defender. Um, yeah. They need bodies there. Um, the defense wasn't actually terrible. They needed a bit more attack. Danny Ings can maybe help um, them. Yeah. Um, I would expect at so. The, at the moment, they like they just drew with Newcastle. They beat Everton two 0 That was the El Sakico. Um They lost to. Uh, Wolves and they beat Brentford so not in, in the FA Cup um, and they yeah. drew with Leeds so not terrible um, recent run of form I think they're just about to stay up they got a decent I, w I would have loved to see a few more players they've only got in two they can't be complacent um, I think obviously if they get relegated this is an F transfer window so I can't I can't say that they've been he's been backed enough that this should be, you know, a match where they, this should, this window should cement their surge up front. So I, I gotta give them a C minus. Yeah, not yeah. a fail. It's not a fail. I'm happy for the C minus as well, as you say. They did get Danny Ings. That's in the right place. We'll have to see how it all sort of sorts itself out. Yeah, C minus. Yeah. Next up, we have Leeds United. Uh, they've got Diego Montero in from Servette, um, Weston McKinney from Juve, Jorginho Ruter from Offenheim, and Maximilian Wuber from AFC Salzburg, Red Bull. Um, yes, so I think Leeds are going to be relegated. Um, that being said... <laughs> They've brought in a bunch of very good players. Um, yeah. I think Weston Kenny especially is a very good player. Um, Jesse Marsh might not keep Leeds United up. Um, and it could be tough for them to get promoted again if they do get relegated because there is a bunch of competitive clubs in the cha in the champion in the championship Ch who are yeah, yeah. basically uh, they basically exist in like this yo-yo situation when and they're gonna try and get up. Um, Leeds, yeah, it's a decent window though. It's better than West Ham's window, so I'll give them a B minus. 
B minus. I was thinking C plus, but it's up to the manager, right? Like they've yeah. given them good players and good bodies. That's, that's the, a good point. The window's not a problem. It's whether the manager can get it done. Yeah, yeah. That you make a good point. So B minus. Um, next up we have Everton. Okay, they got nobody, so fail. Done. They're not even a D minus. Fail. The straight fail. Do we need to say anything? Well, and they sold Anthony Gordon, so even more fail. Yeah, it's just. It's fail upon fail. It's fail squares. They're going to be relegated. End of story. Done. Yeah. Oh, no, wait. They got Sean Dyche. Hello. <laughs> Good point, so, actually. They got the most important transfer. Window is a fail. Don't get me wrong. Windows are fail. They get, you get a manager like Sean Dyche and you don't back him. Like, it's ridiculous how, it's a, how much of a fail it is. But Everton, yeah, yeah Sean Dyche can get this team. They had the quality. Shan Dyche could get this team to be not relegated. I will not be surprised if the relegated clubs are Leeds, Bournemouth and Southampton. Yeah. The problem here is I think two clubs are going to get a surge. So this is why the clubs like West Ham, Wolverhampton and Leicester can't be complacent. complacent. And Nottingham yeah. Forest for that matter either at Crystal Palace I think. Yeah, yeah. As well. Um, Everton with Sean Dyche are dangerous in this situation. They could just make it out. Yeah. Um, and I think Southamp uh, Southampton will get two, so they've also done some great business. But okay, fail. We don't need to talk anymore about Everton. Fail, no, no. fail window. Fail, 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 fail. Yeah. Other than getting Dice, fail. Yeah. Um, so next up, we have AFC Bournemouth, who hmm. have gotten a bunch of players. I they're probably wishing the Scott Parker's probably wishing they had a bunch of these players come in during the summer window. Yeah. Um, Ilya Zabarni and uh, Hamid Junior Torre from Sassuolo, Matias Vina from Roma, Antoine Samiano from uh, Bristol City, Dan Randolph from West Ham United, Onofre and Dango Tara from Lorient. Um, yeah. Um, I'm not super excited about this window, but they actually got some bodies in. Um, yeah, yeah. And so, this is a new ownership group. They are going to invest money in, and if they do get relegated, um, then it's not the end of the world, I don't think. Like, no. they are slowly building up this. Um, Gary O'Neill so is. He's doing what he can. Uh, we can't. Uh, blame him. I don't think they backed him enough. And like this was unfortunate for Bournemouth because they were going to be sold, so they couldn't buy players. Um, so yeah. yeah, they're probably being relegated, but they've bought a bunch of good players to maybe yo-yo in. So I can't give them a fail. The window's not a fail because they've got players in, and they will probably bounce straight back up. So yeah, yeah. What is that? <laughs> D plus. D plus. Doesn't really feel yeah, like they're a getting stage. relegated. Like they were already like probably getting relegated before the window. The window itself yeah. is probably giving you bodies, but it's not enough because they couldn't. They didn't get enough in the summer window, and that's not the fault yeah. of this. It's rough to say because I think okay, maybe C minus just because they will come straight back up. This one. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it is hard because it's not bad. Had, maybe it's a C minus, but maybe it is technically improving what yeah. was going to happen before this window. So it's it's improved a lot. It's just 
not enough to stop them getting relegated. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, 100% not enough. Yeah. So I still um, feel like it's still a D plus. Like it's it's not quite a pass. It's good. It's like you're almost there. But... Yeah. There's now, yeah. So this is why I'm giving them a C minus. Moving on from them, we go to uh, uh, we go to Southampton. Um, yeah. Interesting club to say. They've got in Nathan Jones as their new ma manager, um, who's done some interesting things. Like, you know, um, he's playing uh, Ward Prowse as a number ten, and then you look at it and go, "Yeah, that's where he should be playing, right?" <laughs> like, why didn't you do this before? Made a lot of sense once he did it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think he's a good manager, and he's done interesting stuff. Uh, uh done interesting stuff at the championship level, and it's interesting to see him get this opportunity. Yeah. Uh, I think he. They have actually kind of backed him. Um, they've got Paul, mm. Nocho, Kamaldeen, Salamina from Ren. Um, Paul and Chu from Genk, uh, James Bree from Luton, Carlos Alcaraz from Racing Club, and Miroslav Orsic from Dinamo Zagreb. There's a, um, they've got some decent amount of players in, um, and he's actually using the squad to interesting effect. This is uh, Southampton. Um, I don't know. I, they will... If Southampton and, let's say, Everton somehow don't get relegated, who gets relegated here? Bournemouth? Okay, let's just assume Bournemouth's getting relegated. Yeah. Leeds? And yeah. then West Ham? Or Wolves? It's so tough. This this yeah. is going to be one of the toughest um, relegation scraps I've ever seen. But I, I do think Southampton are going to get a surge. I don't think it's going to be enough. Yeah. I think they will finish 17th. Unfortunately, yeah. or 18th. 18th, yeah. No, I think oh, yeah, Southampton are going. I, to me, the other one, if Bournemouth or Southampton do get out, it's possibly actually Crystal Palace, given the transfer window yeah. that will be dragged. Besides, exactly. I feel like whilst they've got the points at the moment, that difference is going to be chipped into. As you say like West Ham, good Wolves, good Leicester City. Good, not even Forest. Oh my God, good. So um, yeah. Yeah. If, I, I feel Leeds. Crystal Palace is going to be dragged right down there. It's going to be, you know, Southampton, Bournemouth, Everton, Leeds, Crystal Palace. Basically, it's going to be give it a month or six weeks. Yeah. That's going to be the relegation battle. Yeah, it could very well be. I yeah. Like, I expect Nottingham Forest to maintain their position. Same with Leicester. They've got momentum yep. and good managers, more importantly. Yeah. We're going to know what to do with those players. And, look, you can't, you can't keep a good man like Jamie Vardy down for too long, right? Yeah, well, exactly. Um, Wolves, 100%. Lopetegui is going to keep them up, absolutely. Yeah. West Ham, probably. David probably. Moyes will keep them up. Yeah. And I, then you've got... Basically, Bournemouth, Southampton, who are not relegated yet, like they're if they spurge up somehow, Everton, Leeds are, and or Everton, sorry, ever sorry, if Everton, Southampton spurge up because of the managers, 
Yeah. Everton are just still a bit fucked because of the players, right? Yeah, Everton have got problems, but I, I sort of see them scraping enough to, to get there. But I'm gonna. Okay, we have to make a call, right? Right yeah. now, bottom three. Who are gonna get relegated? If this might be different to what we said after our Christmas window, but we didn't have a bunch of new managers and new players. Yeah. Now that we've seen the managers, we've seen them play with these new players. Who do you think is getting relegated? I think I'm keep. Pretty sure I'm keeping the three-ish that I said. Though I may have said Nottingham Forest in there. You did say Nottingham Forest. Well then, bar Nottingham Forest, I'm going with Leeds, Bournemouth and Southampton. Like Leeds, Bournemouth and Southampton. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to pick Bournemouth. I'm going to pick Leeds. That's got to be Everton. You think Everton? There's shit. Bad ownership prediction, good manager, players are demoralized, though quality, demoralized, um, not enough goals, defense is okay. I think you need goals nowadays. You do need goals. You need a goal scorer, and you need goals coming in from somewhere. Uh, So hard. I think think Everton, like I say, Leeds Bournemouth I'm happy with, might be Southampton. No, I'm gonna. It's Southampton are the obvious choice, I think. But yeah, seventeenth okay. <laughs> we'll get Southampton eighteenth, uh, Bournemouth uh, bottom twentieth, and Leeds will be nineteenth. That's okay. my final. That's your final. Lock it in. Lock good. It in. Yeah. I'm gonna hate it, and if Everton scraped, if Everton get relegated, because I'm like every bit of my thing being is telling me Everton should get relegated, but I'm just looking at the ma- numbers and the facts on the ground, going, nah, but yeah. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I imagine Everton to be in that relegation scrap, and it it may go down. To I'm the gonna last hate day. it especially if it's Southampton that pushes them down, and it's Ward Prowse who gets all those goals. I'll be like, <laughs> I even fucking said it. <laughs> they need goals. It, actually, here's, here's yeah. Last day, Everton plays Bournemouth. Oh. That that might be the relegation day, like that is. I could see that being the relegation fight. Like, the winner stays up, the loser goes down. Because looking at Southampton's fixtures coming up, who have they got? They've still got Wolves, relegation dogfight. Chelsea, not a relegation dogfight, but you know, uh, definitely a team in transition. And, you know. Team Chelsea have to watch out for Leeds yeah. relegation dogfight. So February is key. Um, Premier League they've got Leicester potential relegation dogfight. Manchester United at, at, at Old Trafford they're gonna lose that probably. Yeah. Spurs at home they can get that. They've got basically in the top four clubs currently they've got a game against Manchester United. Uh, the Spurs top five, uh, Manchester City, and oh, yeah, there you go. Three in the top five. Everybody else, uh, and not and Newcastle, Premier League wise. So basically, three cl- three team, three teams to play, uh, four team, four, four matches to play. Everybody else is either comfortably mid table, because their last run of games they've got Forest. Fulham, Brighton, and uh, Liverpool. Liverpool. 
it isn't the, the book, best end for Southampton, really. They might be out of the running for anything at that point. Yeah. Like, they might not be in for a European spot. They might not be, you know? Yeah. Um, but I don't imagine if that's the case. Fulham might be, so if that's Fulham case, might be in a similar situation. Forest might be in a similar yeah. situation. So that is potentially their only hope. Yeah. I sort of see of Liverpool that if they are out of contention of things, like, then it's pride. Like, they'll want to finish strong. Brighton, Fulham, Nottingham Forest... Potentially those uh, are... Brighton will want to be from it's a South it's a South Coast Derby, so there's no yeah, easy I... game. That's not an easy game. Good point, yes, yes. But Fulham might be Nottingham Forest probably still need like they should be safe, but it'll be one of those ones of putting you know nail just final nail in just to make sure that it stays, but depends how safe they are. Let me look at Everton let me look at Everton's fixtures because those are the two I'm Trying to figure out. Everton have upcoming Liverpool. Ha ha ha. Yeah. You'll definitely see what happens with that. Um, yeah. That may Everton be a, a... Leeds. Leeds and Aston Villa. So, Ron Dyche can win those three. Woohoo. Yeah. Then we've got... Okay, they get to play in, their, in the last month in May. Their last four games are Brighton, Manchester City, mm. uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers and Bournemouth, as you mentioned. Yeah. Bournemouth might already be relegated at that point. Um, Maybe, yeah. Wolves might not be out of the equation. That could be a relegation six-pointer. Yeah. Um, Everton City are going to want to beat them because if if the title is still up for grabs, City need the points. Yeah. The only benefit for Everton there is and being then Brighton at, and Hove at Goodison. So. Yes. And they end... At Goodison as well, the last game against Bournemouth. So those sort of, yeah, yeah that sort of suggests. And they still, yeah, and they still have games against clubs like Spurs, Manchester United at Old Trafford, and Newcastle yeah. at home. You say February? Can... No, it's not easy. February could tell a lot for, for those, yeah, for Southampton and oh, for I... Everton. Who's getting the goals for for Everton though? Oh, no one. Like the, the problem that's is that a, that is going to be their problem. Seeing, yeah, like that's what I'm seeing. It like I can see Ward Prowse being like a player of the season level. He's already got five goals, right? Like and three assists. He's having an incredible season. Yeah. I mean, Everton's maybe done on draws. Like that might be their points and scrappy. Mm. Goals that go in and everybody's like, who scored that? Well, oh, there's a bit of a melee and someone's claiming the last touch. Sort of feel about it. Yeah. But... Yeah. No, uh, they don't. Right. I'm not going to change my mind. I'm going to stick to Everton. Well, I think. And I'm going to hate it. <laughs> Every goal Ward Prowse scores for my fantasy team is going to make me hate that place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll see how we go. But, yeah. It's an incredible season. Like, oh. we'll see if things return back to normal next season because we haven't really had a norm, quote unquote, normal football season since COVID, right? Quote unquote, yeah. It's, it yeah. hasn't been normal. It's always had something. Yeah. So, well, we'll see. But yeah, on that note, I think that's all we have time for. Yeah. Yeah.
Uh, thanks very much for your time and listening, and look forward to hearing from you next time. Catch you next time. Well, that is the end. Thanks for listening all the way through. If you liked what you heard, be even more. Find Sexport to Discord and a buy me a coffee. Pretty sure it's buy me a beer. Oh yeah, buy me a beer on buymeacoffee.com. In both these places, you can talk to us, and we may even listen. Especially if you do buy a said beer or coffee, I might still be confused. Yes, we're easily bribed. All links are in the show notes below. Don't forget to like and subscribe. This is on YouTube.